The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. A very happy Friday to you, one and all. Thank you and congratulations for making it through the week. It's another one where you made it with us, and we're grateful to have you. However, and wherever you are joining us on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, it is The Fan. Uh, I am AJ Salas, and Eric Franson is gone, not dead, forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm glad you clarified that he's not dead. Not forgotten, but remembered. Uh, AJ Knight on uh, is over there. I am here. Adam, the intern, is here as well. Grateful to have him. I uh, will actually have him jump on later on to uh, delve in, into the sports world with us as well. The Full Court Press here, uh, 106 on FM, 1390 AM. You can also stream us on 1069thefan.com. Don't forget our podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just type in the Full Court Press, Eric's name, my name, or even AJ's name, and you can get all the content that you need uh, of our show, plus bonus material, including press conferences and such. Uh, a lot to get to in a very little amount of time. Jazz basketball tonight. They take on the Charlotte Hornets uh, at 7 o'clock. You will not hear that game because the Skyview Bobcats, Region 11 basketball, gets into region play. Oh, yeah, the region games 11. that count. Skyview at Bear River in what should be a dandy. That's a big one. Mason Faltov averages about 31 points a game versus the Bear River Bears, a defense that was supposed to be stingy last year and didn't give up 20 points to anybody else except one other player, that was Cordell Welch, in a game that A.J. Knight called at Mountain Crest High School, game. the Icon, yep, Icon Health game. and Fitness uh, Center Arena, where uh, Mountain Crest got the better of Bear River in overtime matchup. Well, the crazy thing is, too, wasn't it, was it last year, Bear River beat Skyview twice, right? No, Bear River lost to Skyview twice. Is that what it was? Mason had 31 and then 37 at Bear River. And then Bear River beat Green Canyon, but Green Canyon beat Skyview. Yep, but Bear River beat so, Green Canyon twice. So I mean, weird. it was just, it was honestly it was, nuts. It was a good year last year. Does that happen again? What is our expectations, our predictions? Uh, our own play-by-play voice of Mountain Crest Mustangs. He's not calling the game tonight because it's simulcasted uh, through KVNU and yeah. Al Lewis for the Legendary Grizzlies. Legendary Al Lewis is on. We are going to get through every game, every matchup, as best preview you could possibly get. Cannot wait to get into that. You also get Utah State-Nevada preview as the Nevada Wolfpack after getting slapped around by San Jose State. That's right, the Spartans. And they say slapped around, they won by one. But nonetheless, San Jose State does get the win. Uh, over in Nevada. So Nevada crawls in here with a one-game losing streak, but it can't be much worse than where the Aggies stand as they are right now losers of three straight, staring down a four-game losing streak for the first time since 2017. It's been that long. It's rough. So we'll get into that and how the Aggies can fix things up and get things patched up quickly before uh, as we uh, delve into conference play, Mount West conference play. Full go there. We also got divisional round games left and right, Saturday and Sunday, AFC and NFC. Teams matching up for a chance to participate in their conference championship games. Only two more from there. We'll move on to the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll get a breakdown of each of those games as well. So, again, a lot to get to, and I'm grateful to have you guys along joining us. Hey, by the way, a couple of cool things coming up next week uh, in regards of uh, interviews and such. Con Smith, the great Con Smith. Uh, former Aggie coach, he uh, was an assistant under Bobby Knight uh, at Indiana. He was an assistant coach for Team USA and I believe, 84. Uh, he's going to be joining us for an interview uh, next week. We're working on dates and times. I got my dates mixed up because of jazz games that we have as they're on an East Coast swing, so I've got to re- redo some things. But we're going to get Con Smith on with us, and he's going to uh, talk about his, his fishing story. He was actually a scout for the jazz. 
So he fished with Larry H. Miller. He went fishing anything, with Carmelone. Was there anything that guy didn't do? Exactly. That's a great way to put it. Went <laughs> fishing with John Stockton. He always take him up to his ranch. He uh, he's he went fishing with some very famous people. Asked some great, great, great stories about that. And not to mention, when you're an assistant under Bobby Knight, I can't imagine the stories. You'll oh, have to yeah. edit those stories. Oh yeah. Nonetheless, they're solid as they are. Uh, so without further ado, let's hop into it. First of all, AJ, thank you so much for joining us, man. Glad happy. to have you. Anytime. I'm happy to be on anytime. No, you do a great job and you can thank buy, you, you can find AJ Knight on VFX 6am to 10am with the incredibly beautiful and talented McCall Taylor. That is true. Who is just, Who's I mean, much I, prettier than I am. I hate subbing in for that show because I feel incredibly inadequate. I feel like I, I shouldn't even be there. I shouldn't even be in the studio. <laughs> I shouldn't even be on the mic with you guys. It is uh, it is a very trying time for well, me. Well, you know, the boss says that he likes some of the shows you filled in on, so, I mean, that's all that matters. Well, that's just because you were checks. funny as heck, and I was able to do funny. <laughs> hey, there are plenty of people who've gotten places riding coattails, hence look at the New England Patriots coaching tree. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's not go. That tree hasn't... <laughs> <laughs> it's low-hanging fruit, if you will. <laughs> it's, just ask Josh McDaniels in Denver. I'm just saying. Mike or Brian, or Brian Flores. Plenty of people that have gotten places riding coattails. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, uh, in fact, we'll get into some coaching hires, too, actually. You brought that up earlier today, and we still need to hit through those. Uh, Joe Judge is with the New York Giants. As you heard in the uh, Fox Sports Minute update, Josh McDaniels went and interviewed for the Browns. He was the final interview of all the coaches right. that they went through. And so they were supposed to be making a decision, they said, by Saturday. It could be as early as tonight. We'll uh, we'll stay tuned and wait for that. As soon as we hear, we'll let you know. Um, so that's all. I mean, again, a ton of stuff going on as we get ready for the freaking weekend, everybody. It's uh, always a fun time when uh, – when I, hey, let me ask you something, AJ. Yes, sir. What's a better – what's the best sports month of the year? January now because you've got like basketball and Playoff the playoffs. Football. Is it October? Is it because you got the World Series? Yeah. You've got basketball still, and you yeah. got football. football. Is it where is it? Where Gosh. is the best month, man? That's tough because I'd say my favorite postseason is college basketball, but I'm not going to pick the month of March because basketball's in the the ho hum and baseball hasn't started yet. You got spring training. I don't. You might be on something with October. You got the world. Every every major sport is going. You got the World Series. Football's going. Basketball's going, and hockey's going. I'm pretty sure. And college basketball usually starts about the end of the month. Yeah, yeah. Because November, I think they normally tip off and get going. So, and you might. I think you might have been right with the first one. It's probably October. Cause the you October. Just got everything. By the way, I don't. I don't want to let you forget. Uh, since it is Friday, it is my tradition because Eric hates this tradition with a passion. But it's my favorite tradition. It's oh. time to introduce Friday. I don't care if Monday's blue. Tuesday's gray and Wednesday too. Thursday, I don't care about you. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday is forever. We belong together. So come on, come on. AJ Knight on that end, AJ Salveson here. If you want to join our show, by the way, you can by texting in 435 339 0321. If you want to text in 
435-339-0321. Love to hear your thoughts on whatever topic we're talking about. Want to get your input. Uh, your name's anonymous, so we won't know who you are. And, uh, of course, when you text in, mes- uh, message and data rates apply according to your contracts with your service. If you want to call in, it's at 435-752-1069. Uh, all right, uh, AJ, let's get into it. Uh, yes, Utah sir. Jazz on a winning streak. Big you time. Know, before they had started this winning streak, they had lost six of eight. Uh, and it was a it was a stumble that really kind of started though I believe the week of Thanksgiving and it went through the first week of December and people were extremely concerned like what changes do you need to make to fix things yeah and then all of a sudden boom <laughs> bam jam thank you man Jordan Clarkson comes in <laughs> seriously ship out a couple of guys well, including Dante Exum and now they have the NBA's long, longest current win streak uh, with a home matchup coming up against the lowly Charlotte Hornets. Well, the, that too, but I mean, hasn't that been kind of the Jazz's MO the last few seasons? Kind of a slow start, and all of a sudden, I, what, last two seasons, they've had one of the craziest winning stretches over, what, the last two-thirds of the season? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, they've they've brought on Jordan Clarkson for peanuts, really, I guess, unless you're a big Exum believer. I know that last year, that was a big sticking point, right, for him and the trade deadline. They didn't want to move him, and then this year, I think they just, it, the team hadn't gotten where it wanted to, so they two second-round picks and, and Exum, and they get Jordan Clarkson, and... What a huge change it's been. You know, let's let's not uh, dismiss to, you know, you hit the right part of the schedule at the right time. Sure, it'll help you get a little healthier. I mean, look what the Lakers did at the beginning, and now they've started to hit a tougher stretch a little bit, and people are like, okay, maybe let's back down. They're just going to run away with it. And they, I don't know when they're going to stop. I mean, no offense, everybody's a pro, a pro, but they got the Hornets, the Wizards, the Nets, the Pelicans, the Kings. I mean, the Pacers aren't bad, but they get them at home. The Warriors suck. I mean, they might run this out double digits pretty easily, in all honesty. I like to think it starts here. And, I mean, look, they made a couple of changes because they wanted to upgrade their win-now roster. So, yeah. all of a sudden, Mike Conley, you're in. And then Bojan uh, Bogdanovic comes in. Here's the thing. Mike Conley's been a, a solid disappointment in my in my Big regard. Time. Now, I know he's dealing with a hamstring injury, and it hasn't lived up what he has to, especially with the money he's going to get paid. But Bojanovic right now is delivering right now and averaging a career-best Twenty point nine per uh, points per game and four and a half rebounds in his first season in Utah out of the six that he's played so far. Bogdanovic is he the best trade that we've made in recent memory, or does Derek Favors still trump him in that regard? I don't think so because of man, that's tough. No, I don't. I think I think it's inconclusive because I think it depends on what the season happens happens to, ha- happens to the season. Okay. Because now with this winning streak, I know on uh, Colin Cowherd show, I think it was this week. He was talking about, uh, I can't remember, he had an NBA columnist on, and he had him pick his five five best teams, I think, and Cowherd has the Jazz at five. He also put uh, Gobert in, uh, I think, top ten players in the NBA. So there's still people out there who really think the Jazz, uh, I think if they write the ship, uh, everyone knows how difficult it is to play in Salt Lake City, could really still make some noise despite the fact that everybody wants to just talk about the uh, Clippers and Lakers out west. Bogdanovich touched his uh, latest uh, in his latest performance versus the Knicks. Touched his average in points at twenty points. It came in at one twenty eight, one win over the New York Knicks. And uh, then all of a sudden, Emmanuel Mudiay, who I've been wanting to just like break my controller over because the things that he do is just stupid. He also comes out of nowhere, the woodworks, and delivers twenty points in a in a Wednesday win. That was a it's season high nice for him moves. as well. Uh, what you know. Here's the thing: is they got their twelve victories, right? Twelve straight wins, and then. Just 12 out of the last 13, if you will. But I I feel like Quinn Snyder's starting to finally figure out what he wants to do with his rotation. I think that's, I don't know why it took so long, yeah. including training Dr. Hampton to figure it out, but I think we're finally there. 
I well, I think it. Like I said, it seems like that's a little bit of the Jazz's mo that it kind of takes them a second. But I think you could also. They always talk about the importance of identity in sports. Like there's an importance in baseball of of setting the rotation so the guy knows he's number two or or identity like that. And I think Jordan Clarkson took the scoring pressure off because it's nice to get another guy who can go get a bucket. But I think it set their rotation in a way that Quinn Snyder was comfortable with, and now they've hit a stretch where they can I think really pile on some wins and I think really figure our, figure the team out while they wait for Conley. Hopefully, hopefully. To get healthy, <laughs> I love how he knocked on wood. That was well, great. his mo was right? really he's, good. He's durable, and then of course he comes to Utah, and he just he can't get healthy. And here's the internet. like you look case. Okay, so look at that, you know, sort of the mirror, and then look to the other side of the mirror. Moutier, who had averaged two turnovers a game before he came to Utah, is now down to just one point six turnovers a game. And in fact, I feel like his reads have gotten so much better on the court where he actually can see the court and see what's coming quicker than he has ever before. In fact, he had mentioned that, and he gave credit to Snyder for helping him understand of how to read the court properly when having the ball in his hands. And, it, and he says it's changed wonders for him. And I, so I, my, my, my question to you is, how important is it that they fix their bench, who had so many issues, to actually give their uh, starting lineup a little bit of breathing room. I think it's really important because I think you, you're much more avid fan than a uh, jazz fan than I am. I think you would make the argument that really last year, the problem was they just, they ran out of gas, especially Donovan when they, uh, when they got into the postseason. And I think that's why it's so important. You don't necessarily need to be like as deep as the Clippers, but you got to have, you got to have a couple guys. I think they can go stretches where they can give you those big games. Cause obviously they're not going to do it consistently. Cause if that was the case, they'd be starters in the NBA, but there's going to be games where you know Mitchell doesn't have it or someone's hurt, and you got to be able to have just one guy, which I think Clarkson is, and that's why I think it was a good get. He's one of those guys that just for any given game, he'll go off for 20, piece cake. And so I think that's that's why it's such a big deal. You can get that punch and be able to rest your starters through regular season and then have someone that's capable of a big game in the playoffs where every point's going to count. Look at the other side of the Charlotte Hornets who are right now on have lost eight of their last ten. <laughs> Uh, they are on a two-game slide right now, and part of that 10-game stretch where they've lost includes the Utah Jazz at home where they lost 114-107. Jazz, even though Charlotte, AJ, they lost 114-107, and Charlotte shot 58% from the field in the first half and and led by eight at the break and still lost that game. Bogdanovich had 26 in that game. Gobert had 19. Terry Rozier had a game-high 29 for the Hornets on 11-24 shooting. In fact, Rozier... Is averaging almost 22.5 points per game uh, when facing the Jazz, and that's above his 18.5 mark on the season as an overall average. So, I mean, Rozier's the key without Kemba Walker. He, like, no Kemba has absolutely changed this team, who now is at 15 and 25. They're 8 and 12 on the road. Uh, what? Uh, so, my question is: Is was Kemba Walker that big of a difference where they've made this platoon drop and cannot? I mean, they're not even staring, even scraping, sniffing the surface of what they were last year. I th- I think so. I don't think he's a superstar. I think he's uh, what what would they call him? B stars. He's not an A star. He's a B star. Yeah. So I I would think so. I think there's something to be said too about um. It's just it's not a well run organization. And I think when you get to places like that, the, I think the NBA is some of the worst uh, when it comes to those places. There's just those places that perpetually lose. I think it affects players. Because, like, the way they handled the whole Kimba Walker situation was oh, man. terrible. Yeah. Terrible. And so I think that has an effect on 
the locker room and the franchise as a whole because you just know, like, eh, it's kind of just a stopping point. You're either here to get a paycheck, here to try and, you know, get some minutes you wouldn't get elsewhere and put up some big numbers so you can actually go somewhere, or you're just, you know, you're here to be a gunner. <laughs> here to be a gunner. I like it. Uh, by the way, just some quick news for you all. Utah, uh, Utah Jazz and Golden State Warriors on January te- 22nd was to be a nationally televised game. It has no, excuse me, it has been removed, the national television sticker. Uh, they have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good. The Warriors is not a good team. Uh, they have, and this is the second time they've done that to the Jazz with the Warriors, actually. And so they've taken off the uh, the national TV sticker, if you will, and uh, they have moved it to Houston and Dallas that night, which is appropriate That's and understandable. That's fair. It's two good teams. Uh, so here is the question: Is that the last time they did this? Utah. Uh, Keeps on wanting to say Utah State. Utah and Golden State were to be an eight thirty tip off. They then moved it to seven. With this game at 8 o'clock at Golden State, so that's Pacific, or I guess 8 o'clock would be Mountain Time, I wonder if they move that game, I guess they can't, huh? Because 8 o'clock Mountain Time is 7 o'clock there. So they won't yeah. move that game. Okay, never mind. They'll keep Pacific. it there. Never mind. So Golden State uh, hosting the Utah Jazz is no longer a nationally televised game. That game will stay at 8 o'clock. In fact, uh, AJ, that is the final game of their nice little comfortable couch stretch, which they've had. Oh, yeah. Uh, after that, things get yeah. real yeah. dizzy for about a month straight. Here you eh, go. Minus the Trailblazers. <laughs> <laughs> Home against Dallas and Houston, and then a three-game road trip, which includes San Antonio, Denver, Portland, back-to-back-to-back. Denver at home again, uh, Portland home, and then again another road trip of Houston and Dallas, and then home versus Miami, San Antonio, Houston, Phoenix, Boston. Man, they're really and jamming Washington. those Texas teams in, aren't they? They play them all like right there. Yep, from January twenty fifth to February twenty eighth, they play. Every game is against a playoff team except for Phoenix. Portland in. Oh, they're eighth. No, I got them at tenth right here. Spurs are eighth. No way. Portland dropped. Yeah. Oh, I guess because last night. Never mind. That makes sense. So okay. So two games, but Portland's still like. I mean, Portland's a half game out of tenth, aren't they? I mean, out of eighth. Yeah. Uh, game and a half. Okay, so they're standing on the game front porch. Half. Yeah. I mean that that may be your stretch right there because I think a lot of people expected the Lakers and Clippers to ease through the regular season because obviously they had the talent to coast to the playoffs whether they're home team or not. That may be the stretch right there to determine whether or not the Jazz finish in the top half or the bottom half of the playoff teams. Hmm. Because right now they're tied 25-12 and 12 with the Rockets. The Rockets have the tiebreaker. So Rockets 4, Jazz 5. And man, wouldn't that be a great first round matchup great. once again. Welcome back, dark friend. <laughs> uh, so again, they, uh, they get... Uh, Charlotte, and then Washington at Washington. It's a one thirty game on Sunday afternoon. And then at Brooklyn at 5.30, that will interrupt our show. Thursday's at New Orleans at 6 o'clock. Sacramento, 7 o'clock on Saturday, January 18th. Indiana at home at 7 o'clock. And then finally Golden State to complete that. Again, the soft cushion little portion of the schedule you had. Because, by the way, after that, there's not really a soft portion like that the rest of the year. Again, it's 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 brutal. Houston, Dallas, Houston at home, San Antonio, Denver, Portland on the road, Denver and Portland at home, Houston and Dallas on the road, Miami, San Antonio, Houston, Phoenix, and Boston all at home along with Washington before they hit back to another 
East Coast swing, which includes Cleveland, New York, Boston, and Detroit. Uh, other games that are notable tonight, we don't want to forget about them. Uh, well, I guess a couple of them you do. Uh, Atlanta and Washington is tonight. New Orleans Pelicans go to the Knicks. Heat are at Brooklyn. By the way, actually, I'll get to that in just a moment with you. Indiana at Chicago. Spurs are at Memphis, Orlando, and Phoenix. Game of the night is Lakers at Dallas. That's on ESPN That's a good one. at 7 o'clock. It's a good one. Yep, 30-7 and seven Lakers versus 23-14 and 14 Dallas Mavericks. And the Milwaukee to Sacramento caps off your NBA night. Hey, hey. quick quick throw in with the Jazz. This may be the same thing. Can we can we get Donovan Mitchell ahead of Alex Caruso? I was just looking at the All-Star Kay. voting. So we had a rant yesterday about this, okay, and I'm good. still pissed. I'm like, glad. I'm just. I wanted to throw that in there in case nobody had gotten to it. I'm still trying to think of a name for him, like the Sloth Mamba. I saw on Twitter they call him the Bald Eagle. Oh jeez, <laughs> that works. I mean, I'm cool with that. Which honestly, I was thinking, I was like, oh, you know, the point guard for BYU, TJ Haas, that would kind of fit for him too, dude. But the thing is, is I take TJ Haas over Alex oh, Caruso. No, I agree. He almost sent that TJ game into Haas a second overtime against St. Mary's. So last much night. of a better player than Alex Caruso could ever dream of. Alex Caruso no, brings in, I mean, he... No, not. he's good. He's just a guy who happened to play extremely well on a very good basketball team. Like, with, so, like, like what JaVale McGee is in his career in the latter years of being on the Warriors and the Lakers is exactly what Alex Caruso is benefiting of, right? So, I, and I just, and I know you agree with me, but I just, I want to emphasize that to everybody. Alex Caruso is not an all-star. So for heaven's sakes, please, for the love that is all good in Kyrie Irving's flat earth, please quit voting for the damn guy. Thank you. <laughs> he's I'm ahead sorry. Of Mitchell. I'm done. And I want Mitchell in, but I, I mean, he's ahead of Devin Booker, too. I know. Devin Booker should be a And I'm not a, a big fan of Booker, but I mean, that is ridiculous. <laughs> hey, I got to ask you about, did you did you see this Twitter, uh, Twitter beef between Kendrick Perkins and Kevin Durant? A little bit. Oh, man. This is... Did you see this Adam the intern? Yeah, I saw it. You saw it? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Oh man. Okay. I gotta look the okay. So last night, uh good old Kevin Durant hopped on Twitter and there was a beef, but so Kendrick Perkins got on Twitter. I gotta find this dang he, thing. He insulted my bulls, correctly so, man. It was terrible. And then he I think his comment was that the KD joining the Warriors is the weakest move in NBA history. Here we go. Where's and then and He's, he's right. <laughs> so it, it starts with this. Kendrick Perkins on January 9th, so this is last night, quote, in about 30 minutes I'm going to give my opinion on SportsCenter on why I believe that Russell Westbrook is the best player to have ever put on an Oklahoma City Thunder jersey. He is. And then he capitalizes, Mr. Thunder. Mark Diamico, and if you're wondering who Mark Diamico is, he's a Celtics personality analyst and, and writer for the Boston Celtics. Uh, he then puts out, he put together the best career within the, that organization, but he's definitely not the best player to have ever put on a jersey for them. Come on, Perk. Perkins says, hey, Kevin left the door open and Russ walked right in. Mark, I think Russ w- walked right in the door called second round of the playoffs three straight times. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Westbrook didn't do anything by himself. So Perkins then go ahead and just takes a shot right at Durant. Well, KD lost in second round without Russ when I was there, so what does that mean? I think KD and Paul George gets further than Westbrook and Paul George. Triggers Durant. Durant then, I mean, this is when all hell breaks loose. Durant, yeah, and our starting center was Kendrick Perkins, who averaged a whopping two and three during the series. That's <laughs> You played hard, though, champ. Okay, that's unfair. Kendrick Perkins' job was always to rebound, block, and be physical. So, out of, so out of nowhere, some Justin Andrews dude jumps in. 
Little mad you didn't get your tribute video. Rescue your city. Rescue the city. Hope after you lied to everyone's face and took the easy way to rings. That guy wins. That's a great comment. Kevin Durant, nah, perk, just been shooting his little shots at me for a minute. Uh, and then it continues. Oh, where did it go? It better doggone be here. Kendrick. Oh, there we go. Uh, and then it continues. Uh, Kendrick says, boy, stop. You did the weakest move in NBA history. Up on a team 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals. Then go join them the following season. Heart of a champion right there. It's true, though, because he always – he always, I think Kevin Durant always deflects to LeBron, and I hated the decision, but LeBron didn't go join the Celtics. LeBron, LeBron built no. a different team to take the Celtics down. LeBron recruited his own guys in Miami. Let's not let him off the hook. Though. I'm not letting him – but it's different. KD went and joined the, the team. They should have won. They should have won the championship. Kevin Durant continues – Weak is a starting. Weak is starting at center, playing real minutes with no production. Should have worked on your skills as much as I did. Perkins, that's fine. You worked that hard and still got, still had to go join a seventy-three and nine team. Truth be told, you don't even feel like a real champ. You have a hard time sleeping at night, huh? Knowing that you took the coward way out. He did. They were up 3-1. He should have ran it back the next year, and instead he was like, yeah, nah, I'm going to go join them. Here's the thing. They're up 3-1, okay? So they're up 3-1, and they still lose to the Warriors. Yeah. Doesn't that tell you, like, I I think at that point Kevin's like, you know what, forget it, dude. We ain't going to beat these guys. If we can't beat them up with one game left, and they're giving us a 3-1 lead and we still can't beat them, then we're never going to beat them. Now, granted, I know people are going to say, well, LeBron James did it with a cast of – Sesame Street superstars and me, <laughs> but I mean, at some point you gotta just—I mean, man up. Like, look, back in the day, and I know I love talking nostalgia basketball with you, AJ. It yeah. is so much fun because you're one person who gets it, who understands that what back in the day of look, Michael Jordan—he's not gonna go join Larry Bird Never. in the Boston Celtics. Never gonna happen. He scored sixty-three, and then they still lost. And he's like, and he's not gonna go. Join the Detroit Pistons. Heck, he even froze Isaiah Thomas off the 92 Dream Team and then said, Stockton, you got a minute? I need you to come uh, to Barcelona with us to take Isaiah Thomas's spot so we don't have to deal with the guy. I think my favorite bit is on SNL. Uh, uh, Keenan Thompson's played Charles Barkley. He's like, hey, you want to go play poker in Europe? Yeah, we're just going to beat Slovakia by 70 points first. <laughs> I mean, that's all. Dude, we could get into that. I would love to get into that with you sometime. So then, all of a sudden, you know, John Stockton, Carmelo, they at any point if they hopped into free agency, you knew, you knew San Antonio, Kings, Lakers, especially the Lakers, yep. or even the Bulls would have said, "Come join us." Now, Jordan may not have been approving of it, but he still would have took it. I think it would have been, yeah. If it's coming to his team, I think it would have been a little bit different. But yeah. he's not going to ditch to another no, team. No, he's yeah. not bailing. So back in the day, it mattered to stay loyal. Kobe Bryant could have easily done it with at any point in time. They didn't yeah. because they understood why. Because there's loyalty and there's something meaningful about sticking with the team and then taking care of unfinished business. Scottie Pippen was the same way. I mean, he didn't leave until after Jordan left, and that team was really just, I mean, you know it because you're a Chicago Bulls lifelong, I'm going to repeat, lifelong diehard fan, but that scene, Jerry Krause just take a bomb (laughs) to that thing and let it explode into a billion pieces. So I I say all that because (laughs) Kevin Durant did totally the opposite. LeBron James honestly did the opposite. Yeah. Uh, and, And... 
uh, I, I guess I even, well, I don't know if I put Dwayne Wade on the list. I mean, on purpose. With all intents and purposes, he put it together, but at the same time, it was his team. Uh, but you've seen so many superstars just, you know, we can't figure it out. I need to go find another team that will figure it out. Yeah. And that's been the case. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I I, I agree with Perkins. I think it's the weakest move. You join a team that was 73-9, had already won a championship, you were up 3-1. and one. It's, it's, defi- it's the definition of can't beat them, join them. Jazz Hornets tonight, 7 o'clock. Uh, you will not hear that game tonight here on 106.9 The Fan. Instead, you'll hear Skyview at Bear River. Uh, you'll get pregame with John Newbold at uh, yeah John Newbold at six forty five, and then on one hundred four the ranch just over the mountain within Box Elder. You'll hear Tommy uh, Tommy Sorton, Logan Jones call the Bear River portion of that game. That's a big one. Yeah, it is. That that's a that's a big one. Logan. I yeah, I haven't seen enough of the other ones because I know both Ridgeline and Green Canyon seven and four, but I'd imagine. The two tonight are going to jostle for the Region 11 crown. I would say so. Yeah. Uh, Logan will be hosting the Mountain Crest. And as you already mentioned, Ridgeline will host Green Canyon tonight. You yeah. can find all the games and how to stream and how to listen to them on CashValleyDaily.com. Go to the uh, sports and then the local sports bar, and you'll find be able to click on that and find all the games in the streaming formats as well. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, it's time to talk some NFL football. It's divisional time. The, the wild card, the pretenders... New England Patriots, I'm talking to you, are now out of the way. And it's time for the real boys to step up and play football. This one is a focus on one specific position. We'll talk about why and what that position is. That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. AJ Knight, AJ Salveson, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. AJ Salves and AJ Nye, 4.33 your time here. It's a Friday. Congratulations. You made it through the week. One more day before you get your yourselves ready for a weekend. We got some uh, NFL division football here on the way Saturday and Sunday. We're going to get through the games right now. Let's preview them as we go. Uh, We'll do it by day and time. So to lead off your divisional round of games will be Saturday afternoon, 235 Mountain Time, San Francisco at Levi Stadium, hosting the Minnesota Vikings who are 10-6, coming off a saucy win over the New Orleans Saints in overtime. You want to talk about momentum, Minnesota's got it. Big you're, time. You're talking about two quarterbacks, too, who are actually playing pretty well. One of them being Jimmy Garoppolo, who was traded from San, from New England to San Francisco. Forget this. Yes, a second-round pick. I was Bill Belichick showing a little bit of bitterness towards the Tom Brady love fest, that being Robert Kraft. On the other side, Kirk Cousins then came into play, and uh, Kyle Shanahan thought they were going to get Kirk Cousins, but instead he ended up going to Minnesota from Washington. $84 million later, he's in the divisional round to face the Niners. Uh San Francisco, I, I'm looking for the line here. Did you see a line on this game yet? Oh, yeah, I had it. I, I put bets in today. Oh, good for you. Uh, I think it's eight. I'll, I'll gotcha. Let me let me double check that for sure. I'm looking for I can't I can't find a line on this. It is. Pick center has it seven. Yeah, now it's down to seven. I yeah, think it, it I is. think it opened at eight. Seven. San Francisco minus seven. Okay, so here we let's look at this Vikings uh, 49ers matchup right now. You know, both teams love to use the pro style offense yep. of a of a fullback with a running back behind center. They love that. 
I love the matchup of this game because it brings old school football back into play. <laughs> that Saturday night game is going to be physical, but yes, this one ought to be as well. Uh, let's start here on Minnesota side. Look, they got a terminal man and they come off that uh, that big win over New Orleans in overtime. Uh, what kind of momentum can that give you? Going into a divisional game, despite your playing the number one seed in San I, Francisco, I think a ton. I mean, because the the mo on Kirk Cousins right has never changed. You can't win big games. And I don't know his stats off the top of my head, but he made some big throws, especially in overtime, because they they were up early and he was able to jump. But I mean, the Saints generally don't lose at home, and you knew they were going to be juiced after the way that the playoffs ended last year with that non uh, pass interference call. And they just kick the crap out of them for probably two and a half, three full quarters. I mean, I think the stat was that Drew Brees had, or the Saints as a whole, I think, had eight turnovers coming to that game, and they mm-hmm. had two in that game. They had eight for the season, and they had two in that playoff game. Wow. Yeah, I that... did hear today, apparently, I don't know how severe it is, uh, Thielen got cleated in practice, and I think he had to get stitches in one of his ankles. What? That was on uh, f- uh, uh, outkick coverage with uh, Clay Travis. That's great timing for them. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, by the way, about for you know playoff experience does come into play at times. Yeah. So speaking of which, only a dozen players are currently on the Forty uh, ers roster right now who have been in the postseason, and really that number is a little bit inflated right now because that includes Garoppolo who sat on the bench behind Brady and watched him win a few Super Bowls doing yeah, so. Yeah, I wouldn't really or a count couple that. Super Bowls. I mean, I guess you see the preparation, but I, I would give the, maybe it's not the same, I mean, give the Niners a little bit of credit because that game against the Seahawks was a big one. That that had to feel like a playoff game because you're talking about the difference between one seed or five seed. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, and, and on the other side, of course, Kirk Cousins. I mean, this team went on the road and won a big game. But you know, according to uh, according to Minnesota, according to Kirk Cousins, as he said, he you know he, experience is there, sure, but it's all about execution in the end. And he says, "Look, we won in a playoff hostile environment versus a wrong, team that has a wrong. ton of experience, and yeah. we know we still got out of there with an overtime win. So it's really all about execution when you need it the most." Again, I love I love the uh, the the old offense that both teams bring but you know even for Garoppolo the last time he faced the Minnesota Vikings last year was it was an absolute dud it was the first game of the op- of the season he threw three interceptions two of them went back for a touchdown he had his lowest rating as a, a career as a quarterback of 45.1 uh, and he gave credit to the Vikings for disguising their defense really well my question to you is if they can hold Drew Brees in check can they hold a balanced offense? Because I felt like this offense will be more willing to be balanced in the running and passing game than New Orleans was. Can they still hold them in check as well? I, I think so. Because Garoppolo's shown this year especially, he's, he's had a couple games that he has won for the Niners. But I don't think anyone would put him above Drew Brees, even at Drew Brees' age. And honestly, both quarterbacks quoting that is, is kind of a big deal because these teams are pretty similar. Good running games, good defenses. Uh, I think the wide receivers are better for um, the Vikings, but I think that the tight end position is a huge plus in terms of the 49ers. I think it's going to come down to the quarterback. Who can make the most plays and who can protect the ball? That's exactly right. Mike Zimmer here on what makes the San Francisco defense so good. They do so many good good things. Uh offensively the formations and the rockets and the motions and the shifts and uh 
and then the execution, and they got good players. So um, all that enters into a, to a factor. They come up with a different scheme for each team, and uh, so we'll, I'm sure there'll be a lot of adjustments being made during the course of the ball game. Really quick, I want to get back to this comment. Who's Mike Zimmer and the reporter? This is on Thielen's or uh, Adam. Is it Thielen? Thielen. Thielen's injury. Do you feel what happened to Thielen practice yesterday will be anything that limits him much at all in Saturday's game? I don't know. He's questionable. What exactly happened in practice? I don't know. We don't talk about things that happened in practice. <laughs> Bill Belichick, how do you do, my man? Eat your heart out. Uh. Who would you give the coaching advantage? I tend to lean Shanahan because he was the OC the year that the Falcons went, and then they blew it, so I guess you could give him criticism for that. But I don't know that Zimmer's really had any sustained runs. No. They had the Minnesota no. or the Minneapolis Miracle, and then they got whomped by the Eagles the next week. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's really any coaching uh, advantage here. To be If there's any advantage, it's the fact that uh, Minnesota's used to playing in domes and on beautiful, nice turf and such. Fair. Instead, you're going to San Francisco, which is grass, and if it's bad weather, it's going to be bad grass uh, on, on a slippery field. So, uh, I, I don't know. I think, it's, I think you're right. I think it's based on turnovers I think, and the team that can take care of the ball the best. I think the Niners win. I, I bet on the Vikings to cover. I think it's going to be a close game. The second of Saturday's game will be a 6:15 Mountain Time start. This one's gonna be physical. This should be a dandy, and I absolutely agree. It will be a physical slobber knocker going 15 rounds. Tennessee Titans winners over the New England Patriots in a rout over the uh, again over the Patriots. Now we'll get to uh, get rewarded by facing the number one seeded and uh, most likely MVP candidate Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore seven one at home. Tennessee five and three on the road. You know, containing the New England Patriots offense seemed to be what many said would be a difficult thing to do. <sighs> containing Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore offense is a tough, tough task and a tough ask yes. of this football team. Big time. Well, the I think the two factors for uh, both teams, or for this game, is one, uh, the Ravens sat in Week 17, so they haven't played in almost three weeks. How do they respond to that? Especially... You know, it's one of those tricky things with buys. You like the rest. You know, you can play one less game. But if your team's playing well, which obviously the Ravens are, they're the one seed, especially with a young team with Lamar specifically leading the team, how do you respond to rust? And two, I really wouldn't make plans to – I think you can make Saturday night plans because there's going to be like 60 total carries in this game. It's going to be like two hours long. <laughs> they are going to run the crap out of the ball. So can Derrick Henry do what he did against the Patriots who are a pretty good defense and run for another 200 yards from scrimmage? On the other side, Mike Vrabel talks about what the key is to, uh, to uh, beat the Baltimore Ravens. They have so many um, third and ones, um, third and twos, third and threes where they're able to you know, still run the football uh, but, but also throw it. Um, and that's why they're number one in the league in third down and, and, and scoring. And continue on that. We'll have to line up and play the next snap. Um, you know, if if they if they hit one, which they will, um, that's that's how it goes. You, you, know, you have different responsibilities, and and, it's, and they do a nice job of mixing up the scheme, so it's not just the same thing um, over and over. Um, it'd be a great challenge, huge challenge for us. Top seeded, excuse me, top seed Baltimore Ravens right now are on a 12-game winning streak, and without question, and by far and above, hands down, bar none, are the most productive offense. In the league, and on the other side, of course, uh, it's you know Derrick Henry. Like, or excuse me, it's uh, not Derrick Henry. 
uh, to the 2016 Heisman Trophy winner uh, for uh, you know the Baltimore Ravens, who's ran for about 1,206 yards. It's the most by any quarterback in NFL history. And by the way, with that, he's thrown 36 touchdown passes. Uh, I think his over-under, by the way, in Vegas for passes was like 16, I think. It was something insane to like me. not even high. And I was like, oh, if only I would have bet on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jackson, by the way, uh, is, is leading a team that has is as number one in the league with 531 points. As they've set an NFL record with, get this, 3,296 yards rushing. That's that's absolutely amazing. On the other side, Derrick Henry uh, is the NFL's leading rusher right now. Uh, the 6'3", 247 kid. Uh, he had 182 Monster. yards on the ground versus the the New England Patriots. Uh, it's it, it's going to be Madden style football. We just talked about a slobber knocker of uh, you know old style offense. Forget it. X that out, shred it, and put it in a shredder, and you're getting something brand new, modern era day football here with Baltimore and Tennessee. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I really think they're gonna. It's gonna have some of those uh, AFC North feels to it. Like they're gonna, so. they're gonna hit. They're gonna run the ball. It, Baltimore, I think their their key to win is is gonna be run. But I mean, Lamar Jackson's the X factor. How does he handle the time off? Tennessee's not gonna deviate from their game plan unless Baltimore blows open a big lead. I think their game plan is gonna be to establish Derrick Henry to make sure that Tannehill doesn't have to do a whole lot and shorten the game, control the ball, keep Lamar off the field. The key to the Tennessee Titans uh, run has been one change. Benching Marcus Mariota, throwing in Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he's thrown for at least one touchdown in the past 11 straight games. And over the final 10 games of the regular season, accounted for, A.J., 26 touchdowns. 22 of those are Crazy. through the air. Only four on the ground. Only Jackson, who has 30, has more over that span. When, I mean, who would have thought? Because I, I didn't think Tannehill was very good in Miami. I didn't think it was a good pick in Miami. And he comes to Tennessee and has a revitalization. It's it's insane. He's got to be. I'm trying to think. Is there anybody? He's got to be comeback player of the year, right? There can't be anybody else. No, it's it's tough to argue right now with that. Yeah. It really is. Uh, on the on the defensive side, the Ravens are the NFL scoring number three defense. They allow just over 17 and a half points a game. The Titans yeah. finished regular season 12th. They give up just over 20 and a half points a game. Uh, they had a. Uh, Dean, uh, was it? I think it. He's a former defensive corner, but Dean Pease, uh, helping out with the defense, and he did a phenomenal job. Uh, but in the last two games, they Tennessee has given up twenty-seven points total to Houston I, and New England. It's gonna be physical. That is incredible. Is the, Houston, is the Houston backups for the record? You speak. You spoke about Derrick Henry. He's uh, he's on quite a run over the last seven games right now. He's averaging about one hundred and fifty-four yards. He's piled up over a thousand yards. And against New England, he uh, he accounted for seventy five percent of Tennessee's offense production. That's a lot. That's in what, fact. That is the most percentage of a single player that New England gave up over the course of the season, including Lamar Jackson. That's what that's what scares me. If you're if you're a Baltimore fan, because no one denies this year, New England's defense was really good, and Bill Belichick's strategy has never changed. Whatever the best thing you're gonna, what you do on offense, we're gonna take it away. And New England could not stop him. Yeah. So I, that's the one thing. If you're a Baltimore fan, I, I took Tennessee to cover. I think Baltimore wins. I got the home teams both Saturday, but I think they're both close games. 
Uh, and by the way, the kicking game, if it does come into play, which at times it can, you never know, uh, you give the Ravens all the credit oh, in the yeah. world. And they Justin got the huge advantage. Justin Tucker has yeah. been on a roll. He's 28-29 this season, while Greg Joseph for the Titans has yet to attempt a field goal this <laughs> season. So, God Good forbid, the Titans got a field goal to win it. <laughs> Pray and make lots one. of promises to the man upstairs and no to the Titans. I think one of the underrated things I mentioned the Baltimore, um, Baltimore coming off the big big stretch of rest. Tennessee too, because you always see those teams have letdowns when they have like these huge emotional wins. So I, that'd be something to watch for the Titans as well. Do they come out sharp? Because it's going to be. I mean, they in a lot of a lot of people are talking about how they ended the Patriots dynasty. Can they stay sharp for another week against a very good team? Yeah, it's one thing to do it one time. Can you do it two weeks in a row, yeah. though, right? Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is can you do that two weeks in a row? And, again, it's asking a lot, especially with the team that you're playing. Uh, going back to the uh, offensive of the Ravens, you know, you look at Lamar Jackson last year. He was horrible in last year's game against the Titans. Yep. Or, excuse me, against the Chargers. Yep. They did win 23-17. Uh, or, excuse me, Los Angeles did get the win 23-17, but Lamar was just – an absolute atrocious mess. They wanted day. Flacco back. That never That's happens. That's how bad it was. No one wants Flacco back. Uh, but, I mean, the Ravens, I mean, and Lamar just seems like he, his offseason was just a transformation and a resurrection. They outscored their opponents 128-31 to 31 in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, they, they are – I had him in fantasy. In our work league that you and I are in, he carried me to a championship. So, believe me, I know what he did. He carried me to a championship. A big fan. Uh, Baltimore, it's a 10 on the line. I got Tennessee covering, but I think Baltimore wins. Uh, I actually have Baltimore winning, and I think they cover. Ooh, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, that's what the fun is. All right, we'll get to uh, Sunday's games uh, later in the second hour. we got to take a break, come back. We'll wrap up the first hour for you, put a bow in it. Uh, this is uh, AJ Knight on that side. I'm AJ Salveson here. You'll listen to the Full Court Press, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. AJ Knight, LJ Salveson will wrap up the first hour, get you ready for the second hour. We'll talk Utah State, Nevada. We'll talk the two Sunday games in the NFL Divisional Playoff Texans in Kansas City and then the dandy of the whole entire feast, the Seahawks and Packers on Sunday night in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. Packers looking for revenge of their 2015, I believe, playoff loss. Or was it 14? Oh, jeez. I can't remember, man. I think it was the year the, the Seahawks lost the Patriots. So it would be 14. Yeah. Yeah. That game. <laughs> that was unreal. Yeah. Seattle uh, was down, uh, what, 14, 17? That was insane. They, there's, they made a comeback and ended up winning. Russell Wilson threw a couple 500 balls, and he just his guys yeah, came got down away with, with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got away with it. Hey, speaking of you know wild games, New Orleans, Minnesota went to overtime last week. Uh, Minnesota wins it. New Orleans doesn't get a possession. Right. I like the NFL overtime for this reason. This isn't college. You get paid millions of dollars to stop a player. Stop him if you want the ball back. Fair. I, I don't, I just, uh, I, this is going to be hypocritical. I don't think the Saints should have won. They didn't play well enough to win the game the whole game, so I think they deserve to lose. I, I like the college system, um, not so much for the kind of whiny reasoning we're into now, which is everybody deserves a chance, but I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, you're probably right. I'm maybe you might have swayed me a little bit. I I kind of like the 
idea of here, you both have it because you still have the stop them to win. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it, it it's just disappointing that uh, the statement would be that in sixty minutes you couldn't find a winner. So basically, there is some skill, but a flip of a coin determines who wins. I mean, obviously, there's still a little bit. You got to stop. You, you got to execute. Stop. And and by the but, way, it's not like they're from the going from your 25 yard line. They have to go out. So yeah. like, if they get tackled at 10 yard line, they got to go 90 yards just to beat you. And if they can go 90 yards to beat you, you don't deserve to win. No, like, look, last year in the AFC Championship when New England was at Arrowhead Stadium against Kansas City, Kansas City had Kansas City had New England not one, not two, but three third and longs. Yeah, no. and New England converted right. all three of them. You're right. And won that game. That's a fair point. And people are like, "Well, Patrick Mahomes didn't get a touch the ball." I'm like, "Well, then blame your dang defense for not getting a stop on third and long." <laughs> you are you're not wrong. Blame them. I, I haven't had a huge major complaint, but I, I I would not object to seeing kind of a college style rules, even if you backed it up from from like the thirty five or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're going from the thirty five. All right, we're gonna get ready for the second hour. Utah State Nevada is all coming up here, and we'll talk uh, Sunday divisional games on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. So far, the 2019 NFL season has been about Lamar Jackson. The Ravens quarterback is the presumptive favorite to win the league MVP. His Ravens were 14-2 in the number one seed in the AFC. You would think that would mean Jackson has more pressure on him than any player left in the postseason. But so far, Jackson hasn't shown even the slightest sign of shrinking in the spotlight. As the games got bigger throughout the season, his star shined even brighter. I fully expect this week's game against the Titans to be a referendum on Jackson. That's how the NFL works. We judge everything from week to week. I also expect Jackson to perform well. We know about his electrifying runs and clutch throws, but it's been his efficiency and ability to avoid the mistakes that's made Baltimore so tough to beat. Now, that doesn't mean the Ravens will win, but with Jackson leading the way, this has to be a team that makes the rest of the AFC and the entire NFL, for that matter, very nervous. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.